welcome to our third episode of 13 AM. I am one of your hosts, Charlie, and I'm Allison, your other host. Hi, Allison. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Hi, Elaine, your only listener. Elaine made fun of me the last time she listened to this. She made fun of me, too. It's doomed. Very sad. Okay, on to our first topic. <laughs> Allison, um, did you make a website recently? No. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't make a website. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay, Allison. Um, what website did you make? Okay, so basically I made an online repository of university and then I think I'll put scholarships on there too. So like information about it um, for my school project, which is like capstone, which is something it's like a graduation requirement. But then I was like, wow, wouldn't it be fun if I just like was really extra? So here we are. Well, I think for most people, um, university applications have, like, already passed, or most people have already completed them. Are you planning on keeping it up for, like, next year as well? I think, like, what it is right now, it's something that can be used year and year again. Like, the information on there isn't, or it stays accurate because it's not about, like, you know, deadlines and stuff. It's just about the specific universities, like, programs and its mission and stuff like that. So I feel like it'll be useful for future like generations of students and then also I'm going to plan I'm planning to include like testimonials from different students just for like people to get an understanding of what the school culture is like and what it is like learning there and I think that's a really valuable like opportunity for students to learn about what actually happens at universities instead of just looking at like universities like rank or stuff like that you know what I mean yeah I find that really cool I definitely wish I had that kind of tool for me to use when I was applying to university um okay Allison why did you make this website um so in the beginning of the year I actually made a spreadsheet of like all these university deadlines and then like I posted it like on my Instagram because I was like hey like I might as well share it with the people because obviously like I already made it so there's like there's no problems or there's no competition you know there's no risk for me so I just like did it because for fun um and then a lot of people were like wow this is actually really helpful like um where was this when I was in like high school and then a lot of people ended up like using it and I thought that was like really valuable opportunity for me to like continue with something similar to that uh via a website and also like sort of get to know what um website development looks like and also um you know all aspects of uh online sort of you know research and stuff like that so yeah wow that sounds really cool um how did you go about making the website and did you like learn html from scratch and made all of it oh you're so funny um actually i didn't learn okay i already knew html and css from like before um but i didn't really want to code an entire website myself i felt like that would be 
a lot of effort. Plus, I had to research everything. And you know what? Sometimes it just kind of takes the lazy route. So what I did was I um, purchased the domain name and I got a website hoster. And then I used WordPress.org, which is like the free um, open source sort of. Uh, they have like web- website themes and stuff like that. And they'll automatically like have a template for you to use. So I used that, except a lot of the templates didn't really, weren't really right for what I was trying to do. So I had to do a lot of like extra CSS and extra HTML um, using plugins and additional CSS options. So I did end up having to code, unfortunately. Oh, did you use any like specific program to code? Um, I, okay, so WordPress has this thing where you can edit the code, like, no, wait, WordPress has this thing where you can just edit the code, so I just, like, edit it straight from, like, WordPress, so. Ah, that's really cool. I went on your website recently, and I found, like, the design really cool. Did you come up with, like, an entire branding guideline for what you wanted to do? Yeah, I did. Um, so... You know, in the process, so I made the website and then um, I had to decide like my color palette and what I wanted to look like. And I really want to go for something very minimalistic. Like I didn't want it to be super flashy or anything. And I feel like that's um, really resonates with a lot of students today and a lot of kids these days because like minimalist is like better. Um, So I ended up going with a sort of orangey red. Uh, black and white for my color scheme and then I actually changed the design a bit today I changed it from a lowercase to an uppercase letter but the logo still has a lowercase like d for the beginning of like the website so yeah I mean it's been pretty cool um just like laying out the graphic design portion as well like I feel like there's a lot of things that you have to do in order to make a website and you have to have a lot of skills in order to like fully make a fully functioning and pretty website and it's very hard switching between like the design element to like the coding element back and forth and I think that's really interesting and fun. Oh I think that's really interesting for people to learn about. Um, Do you mind dropping the website address so all of (laughs) the wonderful viewers can go and see the website Allison has created, and maybe even possibly use it. Shameless plug. Okay, so it's called duniversity.com. So like due as in like due date and then university. I thought it was really funny, but it's kind of hard to spell. Um, it's D-U-E-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. So duniversity.com. And it has every single English-speaking Canadian university, um, all the links to their websites, and then hopefully we'll have some scholarships as well that Canadian students can apply to um and it's just sort of like a big database of all the universities and there'll be student testimonials on there and you know it'll help you decide what university you want to go to and you mentioned previously you bought the IP address for this how much did that cost and what was that process like oh okay so um a lot of hosting websites offer free domain names for a year um, if you pay like a certain fee for hosting and that's what I did um, so I ended up spending like $12 I think on hosting and my domain name which is a very very good deal I think it was like $1 a month or something 
Um, but just like keep in mind, if you are going to do this, the fee does go up um, after a year. It's like a one-time purchasing. But I don't expect me to be continuing with this project for over a year. So that is why I went with that. But, you know, for anyone looking to make a website, um, make sure you look at any additional fees uh, the hosting company has or like um, any fees that you start paying after like a month so maybe it's like they offer you five dollars a month and then like after the first six months they offer you like twelve dollars a month and those are like hidden fees that you you want to avoid unless you're doing a very short-term project like university uh, i see well moving on to a relevant social topic do people ever call you a tryhard for making this and uh, how do you deal with that because you're a damn <laughs> tryhard there's no need to be rude um i that is a good point. Um, the people who I told about this have been pretty supportive. I think they're pretty glad that I'm not like wasting my time. Um, and yeah, I guess this is quite like a try hard thing to do. But people will laugh at tryhards until they're your bosses. And you know, everyone's gonna have some haters. And you just gotta just gotta deal with it. You know, you just gotta power through it because. You are responsible for your own success. And if people laugh at you for trying to be better, that's on them and not you. So that's my mentality. Yeah, um, okay, so this project runs until around April or early May. Um, and it's February right now. So that means I have a lot of time um, to add a lot of things. And I'm very excited because I want to add like price ranges for tuition. I want to add... Um, specific programs that have been ranked like top 10 in Canada top 20 in Canada um, and I also want to add like a lot of testimonials um, because I feel like that's going to really help the students select where they want to go or get to know the universities better and it makes university unique because it's like a student initiative rather than um, some conglomerate making a scholarships website oh that sounds really cool I do have one question for you how do you know so many university students that you can get all of these testimonials? That is a great question. And the thing is, like, I don't know every, students from every single university. Um, but, you know, the internet does exist. And cold emailing works a lot better than people think it does. So, I'm yeah, I'm just going to try and, you know, use my connections from, you know, my past experiences and try to get some great testimonials out of it. Oh, Allison, that sounds great. I hope you can get lots of replies from people. Um, and hopefully you can get lots of testimonials to put on your beautiful website. Thank I you. strongly, strongly suggest all of your viewers, which is probably just Elaine, to go and check it out and see if uh, it's any useful for you. <laughs> Thank you. So do we want to move on to our next topic? Yes, let's move on to it. I think this one's um, a very prevalent topic, um, especially because we both are students. Dealing with burnout and finding motivation. So, Charles, we all know that you're um, you know, a jaded University of Waterloo student. So how do you personally find the motivation to study and be successful in classes? So, see, I think it's a bit counterintuitive. But what I find like helps me stay on track the most is not doing coursework 24-7. Because I find that if like I'm like 
watching all of my lectures and just doing assignments and activities every single day, I get really tired of what I'm doing like really quickly. So what I have been doing is like, instead of like focusing on all of my assignments every single day, I've been keeping time aside for some extracurricular stuff that I'm doing that is like, that makes me more happy than doing schoolwork. And I'm also like, <laughs> this is avoidance. What? This is not helpful. No, no, no. And, uh, trust me, it's helpful. Because okay, okay. I guess for me, if I spend eight hours doing something, well, I'm not motivated to do it versus spending an hour to do it. Like the result is the same. And so if I like play a game of league with my friends and then feel more motivated to study after, it'll be the same result as just studying for an entire day and not getting anything done. So what I found really helpful was keeping time for myself to take breaks, do other things and focus on other activities that'll lead to me being more motivated and more better prepared to study during my scheduled study times. And it also like helps me keep focused during the specific times where I set out to study and that's the only thing I'm doing during that time. Very impressive. That sounds like a great coping strategy for all the students out there who are struggling with school. Yes, I highly suggest everyone go out and get involved in extracurricular things and things that you truly enjoy doing. That way, you can have fun while still doing something productive. Also, what are some ways you stay motivated to study? Um, so personally, I... Um, someone who likes to be from the second to fifth place. So I'm never the person that wants to be the top of the class um, because it's much more comfortable being second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place, and not having people grasping for your throat every single second. Um, so personally, how I stay motivated is I just think about my long-term goals and short-term goals. So I set short and long-term goals for myself. Um and sort of be realistic with what I'm working with and what I have. Just so I don't like set really high expectations for myself and get burned out. I like to work to, towards things step by step. And I feel like I work a lot better when I have a lot more challenge. So um, I do take pretty difficult courses that I genuinely enjoy. Like I don't want to spend my time taking like physics 12 if I'm not going to actually enjoy it or find it applicable to you know what I'm going to do in the future um I think burnout is something that is bound to happen to everyone but the most important thing is recognizing the signs of burnout before you actually burn out because a lot of people are are in denial about you know how much their mental health is affecting them and the most important thing is always do the bare minimum to be really really good and, you know, if you try and do way more than you can physically and mentally handle, it'll just screw you up in the long run because you will be, you won't even be able to do the bare minimum in the future if you burn out. So you just have to think long term and short term. Think of what you really want to do, what you want to achieve and set specific smart goals for yourself to achieve them instead of just looking at everything and being overwhelmed. Um, I think breaking things up into little pieces is really important in preventing burnout and sort of just identifying where your strengths lie, where your weaknesses lie, identifying where you want to be like in the next day, in the next month, in the next year, and accordingly setting goals like that. 
So yeah, those are my tips for preventing burnout. Like personally, um, I've come close to burning out, but I haven't gotten there yet. Um, just because I'm lazy and I do the bare minimum to be really successful, um, which is I think it's a great model to go by. Well, I think uh, I should do a lot of the things you just said uh, because I do the bare minimum to barely be successful. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so the bare minimum to be very successful is is the motto. Don't overwork yourself or like set really high expectations for yourself. Yeah, I think what I find myself doing a lot is like, I always want to do something and do it really well. But as soon as I know I can't do it very well, I just completely give up. <laughs> Which I don't think is a very good thing to do. And I should probably follow your example of like aiming for second and not first. Yeah, you know, second also gets a job. It's only like last place it doesn't. So that is the mentality to go with. I think that's a really good mentality to have. Um, so I guess that moves on to the next question like why is it so you said burnout was inevitable why in our current culture and society that we have such a focus on working and working hard that such an occurrence like tip is a relatively typical occurrence for everyone um personally I think this all stems back to the economy um inflation is crazy like you can look back you know, a couple years. And if you adjust for inflation, like minimum wage was around $16, $17 an hour. Now it's like $14, $15. And, you know, one of the biggest drives is to find a job. And there's a less of a focus on happiness and more on safety. So, you know, a very famous person said, um, there's a very famous anonymous quote, I think it's like, a man would rather be safe than free. And I think this is really like, this is really prevalent in our age because um, people would rather have financial stability over like the freedom to do what they want. And um, I think it's really important to know that this culture is going to continue if the economy continues to, um, you know, have inflation and money the value of the dollar keeps going down because that means students have to work harder to find jobs that are going to allow them to have financial security, especially because a lot of them have student loans um, and have financial need. So I think that's one of the major contributors to the sort of um, burnout culture that we have right now. Yeah, I think a lot of that does... majorly contribute to like the stresses a high school student or not high school a university student faces like especially right now I'm really stressed about finding a job before my co-op so I can get a better job for co-op so I can get a better job after I graduate and it's like that constant cycle of needing to work needing to find a job needing to work more to find a better job that kind of traps a lot of students right now and kind of the cycle of continuously working and not caring about their mental health yeah definitely okay so today is actually valentine's day are you um, doing anything for valentine's day allison maybe we'll see oh okay anyways um 
So, you know, Valentine's Day was a holiday created by Hallmark to sell cards, not only during Christmas time, but also on February 14th. So, what do we think of that? I think that's a tried and true st- strategy created by major companies to uh, artificially increase uh, the consumption of their products. I because definitely agree. I know Gatorade did the same thing with sports drinks. It's not actually helpful unless you do very, very intensive exercise, but they advertised it in a way so that everyone wants to drink Gatorade when they're doing like any type of moderate activity. Yeah, you know, the average American spends around $129 for their partner on Valentine's Day. And, you know, the biggest spenders are actually um, Gen X, who spend about $225 um, every Valentine's Day on gifts for their spouse or um, partner. So, yeah. Uh, very definitely a very capitalistic holiday, as is everything else except like April Fool's Day or something. Is April Fool's a holiday? Uh, yeah, it is. It's my favorite holiday. Oh, it is. It counts as a yeah. holiday. No, I don't think it is. But, um, anyways, so is there still a value to holidays? despite, you know, the capitalistic interests of companies, you think? Well, I think there's definitely a interest for companies to continue doing what they're doing with the holidays, right? Um, obviously, currently in North America, a lot of what these companies want is money and nothing else except money. And a lot of the typical people or the middle class uh, often fall victim to this Uh, capitalistic ideal of making money uh, out of anything you possibly can but I think the idea of a holiday and kind of the idea behind what it is is more important than the monetary value of what you can have so even though you know Valentine's Day is a holiday made to increase consumerism and increase spending on certain things such as chocolate or gift cards think the idea behind Valentine's Day is still extremely valuable. And depending on how you look at it, that can be said the same for Thanksgiving and Christmas and even Easter. But as long as we don't fall too much victim to the spending habits of these big corporations try to push on us during the holiday times, the main idea behind these holidays is still really important. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. And I think that sentiment is very reflective of a lot of people these days that um, the value in, you know, gift giving is not in how much money you spend on your significant other, but rather the thought you put in to their gift. So according to statistics, um, you know, Gen Z, which is our generation and millennials are more likely to spend around $93 um, on valentine's day gifts for their significant others compared to you know um boomers and sorry baby boomers which are called boomers and gen x who's around like 200 to 100 to 200 dollars um on valentine's day does that say something about how maybe older people or the older generation are more susceptible to 
the kind of antics put on by these large companies? Yeah, I think definitely for sure. Um, they did grow up in uh, a time where the economy was definitely a lot better. So they do have the sort of, they have the money to spend on gifts. So that's why they were raised in a very, you know, focused on how much you spend on your significant other rather than the thought you put into it because they have that kind of money. Unfortunately, Gen Z and millennials grew up in a very different time and a very different economic era. So I think that is a main contributor to the reasons why um, Gen Z and millennials will spend less on Valentine's Day gifts. I see. I did not think about it that way. But thank you, Allison, for bringing up the economic side of maybe why there's a difference in spending between these generations. Yeah, um, no worries. <laughs> so, Allison, how much have you spent this Valentine's Day? I actually spent zero dollars because what can I say? I'm just terrible. Okay, yeah, same. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I definitely think like there's a focus on sustainability rather than like mass marketing stuff like that. Yeah, no, I think we're all raised to be very frugal. Maybe that's just because we're Asian, though. Like, I don't know. That's true. What if, like, there was no Valentine's Day in China? Was there? So I think it's just Lunar New Year. It's the only big holiday. Oh. Like, companies such as Hallmark has been able to, like, commodify the idea of love into something that produces this company money. Do you think, like, there's something that will never be be commodified or monetized this way um i think everything in some ways is commodified like if we look at the iconic campaign diamonds are forever it's the campaign that you know one of the most successful marketing campaigns for sure um that all engagement rings need to be the highest quality natural diamond and honestly diamonds apparently aren't even that rare or valuable in comparison to some other gemstones but the way these companies were able to market diamonds has really made the price of diamonds go up and I think that kind of sentiment is disappearing like you're looking at more you know artificial diamonds these days and diamond alternatives like moissanites um which is basically the same as diamonds it's a 9.5 on the hardness scale whereas diamonds are a 10 um, and essentially has the same shine. And a lot of millennials and Gen Z are looking towards these sort of cheaper alternatives that are like better for the environment and definitely feeding less into the capitalistic system. Um, so I do think there will be trends that indicate that things will be less focused on the money because you know our generation is raised to be less focused on the money. Um, but I think there'll always be that kind of sentiment that you have to buy something because that has existed for as long as like the first kings sent out dowries for their for their daughters, their princesses. Um, and yeah, that's been very uh, it's a very important aspect of human society. Um, and I don't think it will be going away anytime soon. Uh, I see. Well, I guess that kind of answered. Uh, our other question, which is, do you think some of these trends will ever stop? And I think I definitely agree with you there that it's something that's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, like gift giving is 
a very valuable part of human society. It shows like kindness and generosity, and that's definitely not something that's going to go away. Well, moving on to our next thing, Allison and I, along with our producer, because she needs to be dragged into this, are doing a one-week vegan challenge. Yay! So, Allison, why did we decide to do this? Well, you know, veganism is becoming more and more popular, especially among the younger generation. And, you know, personally, I've eaten meat my entire life, and I really want to see what it's like to be vegan in today's society, which is hopefully going to be pretty easy because there's a lot of vegan options out there. And, you know, a lot of restaurants um, do support, like, gluten-free, vegan sort of um, menu items. So hopefully it won't be too bad. Um, Veganism is also supposedly better for you, better for the environment as well. So there's a lot of benefits that I think will come out of this challenge. Yeah, I think it sounds really cool and I'm really excited to try it. Um, The first time I've ever heard of this challenge was from The Odd Ones Out, famous YouTuber. He draws comics and he did a (laughs) one-week vegan challenge that solves all your problems. And hopefully... uh, we can see what it's like to be vegan for one week. Um, so, yay! I think there's a lot of questions that people who are kind of against the veganism movement ask, and like the main point they bring up is, you know, caveman used to eat meat. Why can't we eat meat now? Or like, why do you have to be vegan now? Right? Is there any issue with that, or do you agree with that sentiment? I definitely don't agree because, you know, back then they also lived in caves. So why aren't we living in caves now? Back then they didn't wear clothes. Why are you wearing clothes now? Back then they didn't have technology. Why are you using technology now? Just go back to the caveman days and carry a big log and smack bears on the head. Obviously, that's not going to work. And I think, you know, as our society progresses, our values need to progress as well. And, you know, meat eating isn't a sustainable option. And those are the facts, you know, like, so much water goes into like one kilogram of meat and I feel like if we as a society want to mitigate the effects of you know climate change and also you know save a lot of water veganism is definitely the way to go and you know there's no use being like oh we're supposed to be omnivores because it um there's a lot of supplements these days um that allow vegans to have a very balanced and healthy diet um, and, you know, live equally as long as their omnivorous counterparts. Yeah, but I think that's also a really important thing to bring up for a lot of people who want to try veganism or vegetarianism. <laughs> Is that? For people who want to go vegan and vegetarian, it's also really important to remember to not miss out on the important supplements you would gain while you would be eating meat. So, you know... Uh, Protein. Protein. That's important. Um, (laughs) So yeah, there are a lot of vegan supplements out there. Like I drink vegan protein powder. And I think the market is very much geared towards veganism. So it's very easy to live a, or have a balanced and healthy diet. Yes. Don't be like those people you see on the news who go vegan and then pass out because they haven't been getting enough calories or other nutrition. Thank you. That's very true. Hopefully not us in the next week. Okay, well, um, 
about next week? What is our plan of our attack? Um, okay, so... Going vegan. Personally, right now, I don't even eat a lot of meat anyways. So I think it'll be pretty easy for me. I just need to avoid the meat dishes um, and eat a lot of, you know, leafy greens. Um, have a lot of soy products, a lot of tofu, and beans because those are great sources of protein. And I need the protein because I'm not getting it from the places I usually get it. My plan of attack is um, not eating. (laughs) Also valid. Um, What I usually do is I don't eat that much. And when I do (laughs) eat, I eat a lot of meat dishes. So I really need to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. Because I don't want to starve to death. But I think I will definitely be eating a lot more tofu and other leafy vegetables, which I haven't been eating in a long time. Uh, So this is definitely a really good week for me to keep up my healthy eating habits or start my healthy eating habits because I've been noticing lately uh, while I'm stuck at home that I've been eating less and less healthy greens and fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. So I think part of the reason why we wanted to do this challenge was we wanted to eat healthy for a week, right, Aslan? Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. So, you know, hopefully in the next two weeks we'll update you on how that went. Hopefully it went well. Um, I was planning to get fried chicken with my friends or with my friend this week, but I guess that's that's not happening, unfortunately. There's a provincial lockdown, Allison. No, it's just, they're in my cohort. They're in my cohort. Illegal. It's not illegal. Don't expose me like that. Uh, Oh, yeah. And that brings up the topic. We'll be talking about how to be a healthy student in the next episode. So if you want to hear about how our vegan week went, uh, stay tuned. Yay! Okay, so we're closing in on the end of our episode today. Thank you all for tuning in. Um... Have a great week. We will see you in the next two weeks after being seasoned one-week vegans. Bye. Bye.